friend. I want to remind you to share these teachings with friends and family members, invite others to watch, and we thank you for doing so. And I am so thankful that you are listening and you are growing in the Word of God. And friend, I want to remind you, as you are being blessed by these teachings, you've heard me say this, if you've been listening to me, I would ask you to prayerfully consider blessing us back with a financial donation so we can produce more programs and bless many, many other people. So friend, would you consider blessing us back by donating right back into this podcast ministry? That way we can reach out to many more people. We have a very safe and secure website. You can donate right there. And the website address is drruthtanyi.org slash donate. Again, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. And you can do that anywhere in the world. All you need is internet access. Okay, but if you live in the USA, you can also donate through Zelle using your cell phone number and our ministries, uh, Zelle cell phone number for donations are, please write this down, 909-501-9031. Again, that telephone number for Zelle donation is 909-501-9031. And we also receive donations from Cash App. And the name there is the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Again, the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Please, we really need your financial support so we can pay for studio time to uh, produce these programs so we can bless uh, many others, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting us financially, and together we are advancing God's work and transforming lives. Again, we thank you. Friend, open your heart to, to receive the blessings from these teachings, and God is going to bless you richly today. In Jesus' name, here is the teaching. So we go right into chapter 5. Chapter 5 here, what is the gist of this chapter? The gist of this chapter is that Moses will re-teach or re-emphasize, if you will, the Ten Commandments. He will again bring it to the forefront of the second generation Israelites about the Ten Commandments that came from God. Okay, so uh, that is the gist of this chapter. So let us take a closer look at this. And if you have my teaching on the book of Exodus, I went into great details, each commandment after another in Exodus chapter 20. So I will not do that here. I recommend you go back and re-listen to the book of Exodus chapter 20. So let us revisit the 10 commandments and see what else we can learn here from the Lord. Because I tell you, each time you open the word of God, there is new revelation. Boy, it's bottomless. <laughs> I'm sure you have figured this one out. Okay, so we begin here at Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 1. Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. 
Learn them and be sure to follow them. Verse 2. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Verse 3. It was not with our ancestors that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, with all of us who are alive here today. So true. Remember, these are the children of the first generation Israelites. Moses is referring to when they heard the audible voice of God, okay, out of the fire, that theophany, and how God supernaturally, divinely handed the Ten Commandments to him in the two tablets of stone. So Moses is reminding them that, listen, this covenant of the old, of the Ten Commandments was made between you, the nation of Israel, and God. This was not with your ancestors. This was with you. Again, let me just explain here. Like I said in the book of Leviticus, we have inherited that promise from Abraham, okay? So we are also spiritual descendants of the promise that God made to Abraham. So the Ten Commandments apply to us Gentiles. These Ten Commandments are still in operation and they are still applicable. Jesus Christ has fulfilled the Ten Commandments and all of the other commandments which we went over, over 600 of them in the Mosaic Law, Christ fulfilled them, but he did not abolish them. Big difference. Jesus taught us how to interpret the commandments in light of love for God. Okay? We will talk about that as we proceed. So the principles that these Ten Commandments carry are still applicable. The Ten Commandments have eternal, everlasting, moral, spiritual, and physical principles that are applicable today. So even though Moses is saying that the Ten Commandments was a covenant between the nation of Israel back then and God, today as, as descendants of Abraham by faith as Gentiles, we, non-Jews, are also part of this covenant. So these principles, these moral, spiritual, and physical principles that are embedded in these Ten Commandments apply to us today. So I don't want you to walk away from this teaching and say, oh, no, no, the Ten Commandments was only for the Jews. No, it was for all human beings. <laughs> all of us. Okay? So, verse 4, the Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. We have already talked about that. Verse 5, at that time I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of the Lord because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up to the mountain. So Moses is just telling them that remember, you heard the audible voice of God and you were little children and you and your parents were afraid. So you, you fell prostrate. You fell face down and then I... Spend time in the presence of the Lord. So here are the commandments. Okay, verse 6. 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Verse 7, you shall have no other gods before me. That is the first commandment. Verse 8, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. We talked about that. God is prohibiting idolatry. Verse 9, you shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. We talked about that already. Let's come down to verse 11. Let's take a look at the next commandment here. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Essentially, if you abuse the name of the Lord, he is not pleased. Let's take a look at verse 12 for the next commandment. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Verse 13. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Verse 14, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You see, as I thought, out of the book of Exodus chapter 20, the first four commandments here are vertical, pertaining to our relationship with God. This is significant because if we do not have that vertical connection with the true living God, it is impossible. We won't be able to practice the rest of the commandments because we cannot do this thing apart from the Holy Spirit strengthening us as New Testament believers. You, I mean, you cannot practice the word of God by your own strength. Forget it. You cannot practice the word of God by saying that, okay, I'm going to really do this. I hear Christians do that. Okay, the Bible says this. I'm going to try to, to, to practice it. The Bible says I should not fornicate. I should not have sex outside of marriage. I'm going to really try not to do that. The Bible says I should give to the poor. I should serve. I'm going to really try not to do that. I'm sorry, you can't. That's the wrong approach. You cannot try it. Rather, you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit do it through you. Okay? A better way to approach this thing, using the examples I just discussed, is to come to God and say, Father God, I cannot do this thing on my own effort. I surrender today. I am going to trust the Holy Spirit to strengthen me, to help me to overcome adultery. I am going to just trust the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, walk through me. Help me. I am going to give to your work. I am going to serve the poor, knowing that you're going to walk through me. It is through your strength I'm going to do this, because on my own, I cannot do it. And that is the truth. So we cannot do these things without the Holy Spirit walking through us, which is why the Holy Spirit indwells you if you are a believer. So, so without having that connection with God through Christ and the enabling of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you cannot, it is impossible to, to put these commandments to practice. 
Okay? Mind over matter does not work in the things of God. For those of you who don't know what I mean by mind over matter, it's a psychological concept that if you just make up your mind, you just believe it, you will do it. Lies. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says you surrender to the Holy Spirit and you trust him to walk through you. Okay. Continuing here with the Ten Commandments, where was I? Okay, the Sabbath, <laughs> verse 12. You know, I have thought about the Sabbath over and over and over. So you know what the Sabbath is, right? Okay, well, quick here. The Lord created the heavens and the earth in six literal days. And on day number seven, the Lord rested. The rest does not mean that God got tired the Lord is never tired, for he is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. The rest, in the context of creation, means that the Lord looks at everything he had created, and he said it was good. So he rested. In essence, he stopped. There was nothing else to create. He had done it all. And on day number six, he, he created mankind in his image. Hallelujah. So God rested, meaning that it was finished. He was pleased with his creation. So he is saying that the Sabbath, which is that seventh day, the Jews should take that one day every week to rest. It's a spiritual and a physical rest where they do no work and they reflect on their relationship with him, the living God, this is not to imply that they were not to reflect about their relationship with God on a daily basis. They did that. But the Sabbath was a day they were supposed to celebrate and, and spend more time in the presence of God. Okay, so that is what the Sabbath is. And Jesus Christ has fulfilled the Sabbath. Jesus Christ is our Sabbath the concept is that we rest in Christ. We don't labor to gain favor with God. We don't labor, okay, to communicate with God. We go in the name of Jesus. We rest in Christ, and we should no longer take a day to say this is a Sabbath day. We rest every day in Christ because he is our Sabbath. That is what we are taught out of the New Testament in the book of Hebrews. I know that we have godly brothers and sisters, uh, a denomination in the Protestant church that still observes the Sabbath, but that is incorrect. That is unscriptural because Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. We should not... Uh, esteem any particular day over the other. That is what the Apostle Paul teaches us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the book of Colossians. I just had to make, make that comment there. But the principle physically is good for you. It's still good to take a day off, to just rest. You can still do this, but don't do it with the wrong concept that you're doing it for God. You can still take a day off once a week and just rest physically. Okay, 
reconnect with God, that is still fine. But it's the intention of doing it that matters. If you do that, just because you just want to spend that extra day with the Lord, because you love the Lord, yes, that is acceptable. But don't do it as a regulation. Don't do it as something that you, you're thinking that the Bible teaches. No. Okay, the Bible doesn't teach that because Christ has fulfilled this. Okay, and besides, the Lord gave this ordinance for the Sabbath to the nation of Israel anyway, not to anybody else. Okay, so we come down to verse 16. Here is the next commandment. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. I talked about this very important. That when we respect our parents, that pleases God. Remember, I also discussed this in the book of Numbers, that there is a good correlation between children who disrespect their parents, children who hate their parents, and adults who become atheists or agnostics. Because when we love our parents, when we respect our parents, there is a strong relationship or there is a strong correlation, especially when these parents are godly parents, there is a strong correlation that we have the potential of seeing God through the eyes of our parents and, and that can enable us as adults to have a stronger relationship with God. I talked about this. So when we teach children, to love and respect their parents and respect authority, these children will grow up as adults who respect the laws of God. Okay? So it is important that we, we teach the young ones to respect their parents because it honors God and it truly molds and shapes them to respect the laws of God likewise. Verse 17, uh, here's the other commandment, you shall not murder. We know what that is. Verse 18, you shall not commit adultery. Boy, we know what this is. Adultery was a big offense and is still a big offense against God. Why? Because God is the one who instituted the, 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 the institution of marriage. God is the one who came up with the idea of marriage, not psychology. And, and in the New Testament, our relationship with God symbolizes or is kind of an illustration of marriage, okay? We are told throughout the New Testament that Jesus Christ, or I mean, we, the body of Christ, the church, we are the bride. And Jesus Christ is the groom. So, that illustration of the body of Christ and God is like a marriage relationship. So when that relationship is severed, God is hurt. So, so the whole institution of marriage symbolizes or is a good illustration of our relationship with God. So when people commit adultery, it is grossly, grossly a wrong against God because God knows the effect of adultery to, to the individuals, to the children, 
and to society. We know that children who comes from broken homes end up repeating the same pattern and it's just a mess. You know that. I don't have to go teach you about that. So God takes adultery seriously. Verse 19, you shall not steal. Well, we know that. We shall not give false testimony. That is out of verse 20. Verse 21, you shall not convert your neighbor's wife. <laughs> we have talked about this over and over. That covetousness is a strong impulse towards wanting something else that belongs to somebody else. It's like a strong jealousy or wanting something else so badly, but it's not even yours. And we talked about how that strong, ungodly emotion has deadly consequences. Okay? And I even used the example of Cain and Abel, how Cain was so jealous of Abel's relationship with God that he murdered his brother Abel. So when we convert people's wife, people's properties, when we have such strong jealousy towards them, we want people's gifts, we become consumed and focused. Why is God blessing that person? Why is God, why is all this happening to them? It doesn't happen to me. When we start to do that and we allow that, that kind of emotion to consume us, the consequences are deadly. So God is saying that stop it. Do not convert. People's properties, their wives, their blessings, just don't do it. Okay. So those were the Ten Commandments in brief. You can go back and listen to that out of Exodus 20 where I offered more details like I mentioned earlier. So in verse 22, Moses is saying that these are the commandments the Lord proclaimed in a loud voice to your whole assembly there on the mountain from out of the fire, the cloud and the deep darkness. And he added nothing more. Powerful. So now we are learning something that we didn't quite get a fuller revelation in the book of Exodus that the Israelites, at least the first generation, actually heard the audible voice of God proclaiming these commandments to them. And God, in his love, went on and actually gave it also to Moses in a tablet form. Boy, <laughs> amazing. God loves us, I tell you. Okay, then he wrote them on two tablets, just like what I was saying, and gave them to me. Okay, so the rest of this, these verses, Moses went on to say that the Israelites became intimidated when they saw the theophany of God coming out of the fire. And they ran away. Let's take a closer look at some of these verses. Verse 23. When you heard the voice out of the darkness, while the mountain was ablaze with fire, all the leaders of your tribes and your elders came to me, verse 24, and you said, The Lord, our God, has shown us his glory and his majesty, and we have heard his voice from the fire. Today we have seen that a person can live even if God speaks with them. Isn't that something? Moses is reminding them that, remember, you said this, 
verse 25. <laughs> I like this. But now, why should we die? This great fire will consume us and we will die if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer. So Moses is just going to say how these people had such um, <laughs> oof, ungodly fear towards God that they were afraid that they did not want to hear the voice of God anymore. Okay, verse 26, for what mortal has ever heard the voice of the living God speaking out of fire as we have and survived. So this Moses is reminding them that, hey, listen, you heard the voice of God. You were so afraid that you were like, oh, no, which human being has ever heard the voice of God and survived? So we don't want to listen to this anymore. So you, Moses, you go talk to God and come tell us. <laughs> Verse 27, go near and listen to all that the Lord our God says. Then tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you. We will listen and obey. So this is what I was just saying. Moses is reminding them that you guys did not want to listen to the voice of God yourself because of fear and you sent me. And listen, this fear, I talked about this in the book of Exodus, we should not have an ungodly fear towards God. No, we should have a reverential fear our, and respect for God because he is our creator. But God does not want us to be so afraid of him that we run away. No, God loves us. He wants us to come to him directly in the name of Jesus. He has paved the way. So we should not be afraid to approach God in the name of Jesus. Okay? Because there are people today who have a pathological disease of fear. They fear everything, including they fear to hear the voice of God in his word. No, it should not be that way. You should approach God as a loving father who cares for you. Approach him with respect in the name of Jesus. He wants to hear from you directly. So you do not need to be afraid of God like the Israelites did. Okay, of course, we have a better covenant with God because of Jesus. So you can approach him in boldness in the name of Jesus. And he will listen to you. Verse 28, so Moses went on to explain that the Lord heard what the Israelites had said, that they did not want to directly hear the voice of God. So God heard all of that and God agreed that, okay, if that's what the Israelites had said, that's fine. He would speak to Moses. You see, God would respect our wishes and our choices. Free will he has given to us. God is not going to force himself upon us. So as we are learning right here in these verses, God's original plan was to speak to the nation of Israel in an audible voice. But they did not want that because they had an ungodly fear towards God. And they requested that they don't want that. They said Moses should hear God's voice and come tell them. So God said, okay. All right. So now... We come to uh, verse 29. Uh, Moses had just told 
Them that told the second generation Israelites that that's fine. They had not wanted to listen to the voice of God. And then God agreed that what they are saying is right. And then in verse 29, all that your hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commandments always so that it might go well with them and their children. So we see the heart of God here. Say, so, oh, how wish these people could just obey me. That way they could prosper. It is God's will for each of us, his children, to prosper in every area in our lives. God doesn't take any pleasure when we are suffering. God wants us to prosper. But we must meet our end of the bargain, obedience to his decrees. Okay? Verse 30, then Moses went on to say that then he told the Israelites to go and return to their tents, of course, because they were afraid to hear the voice of God. But then God told Moses to stay, and, and that is what those verses, or that verse is saying. We come to verse 32. So after Moses had explained all this to them, here is the warning now. <laughs> so be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you, right or to the left. Verse 33, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. That brings us to the end of chapter 5. Powerful chapter there. So what are the major principles out of chapters 4 and 5? Obedience. That is no brainer. Obedience fosters prosperity. You agree, right? I'm sure you would. Second major principle, idolatry. We learned of God's hatred for idolatry. And uh, number three, responsibility for the parents to teach their children the decrees of God, not just by word, by living a godly lifestyle or a godly lifestyle, rather, in front of the children so they can emulate that so that the children can see Christ in the parents. That way they can emulate that behavior because children will imitate what they see. Okay, so what are the major applications? Obedience, obedience, obedience. You know, some of you may be already saying, God, Dr. Ruth, you're saying the same thing over and over. It is not me. I'm just teaching you the word of God. God is telling us over and over, if you obey my laws, you will prosper in whatever you do. That has not changed, okay? The principle is still the same. And Jesus went on to tell us in the New Testament, why do you call me Lord, 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 and don't do what I say? That is obedience right there. Why are you going to go and say, Jesus is my God, and then you don't obey his teachings? Then you don't love God. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That's what the Bible says, that the, the cardinal way that we show people that we love God is that we obey his decrees. So if we love God, we will obey what God is telling us. And then 
we will experience prosperity in every area in our lives. That is non-negotiable. You, you, cannot, you cannot negotiate on this thing here. You can love God all you want, but if you don't obey him, I'm sorry. You won't see godly results in your life. That is a law of God. That is the word of God. God is immutable in his core essence. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the truth. So if you desire God's blessings in your life, in your business, in the lives of your children, in your household, most importantly, in your soul, and if you want to have others look at your life, okay, and, and your life attract them to God, Obey the laws of God and you will have such results and you will leave a legacy for others. Okay, the other major application here is idolatry. I cannot say this enough. Modern day idolatries include wealth. I've talked about that. Relationships with husbands, siblings, parents, children. We should never, never allow these earthly relationships to take precedence in our lives. God has to be preeminent. God has to be number one in our lives. That way, every other relationship can excel or we will succeed in any other relationship. That's the only way. So if you are struggling in any area of your life today, there is hope. You can turn it around and, 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 and trust God to help you. Obey God. Seek him first with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Just forget about everything else and just seek God wholeheartedly. And all of your problems, God will just take care of everything else as you seek him first. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else shall be added to you. So true. God created us for a relationship with him. When we are in a blessed relationship with God through Christ and we are seeking God with all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our strength, God is number one in every area in our lives. God's blessings, God's favor will chase us, then we won't even have to worry about praying every day for finances, for protection, for deliverance, because all of those things God has already given to us. But when we get astray and start thinking more about earthly problems than thinking about God, we lose focus. So reroute your thinking processes. Refocus all your energy to God and everything else in your life will make sense. I hope you receive that in Jesus' name. So, Father God, today I thank you for all of the listeners, Lord. Today, in this 21st century, many people are struggling with idolatries, modern-day idolatries. They are your children in the body of Christ who cannot enjoy your peace and your joy because they are constantly worrying about finances, about 
finding a husband, finding a wife, worrying about their children. Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to their hearts today, wherever they are. Teach them the basic foundational truth which our Lord Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that as we seek you first, everything else in life will make sense. Lord, I know for some people this has to come by revelation. So I ask the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of truth, our teacher, to teach the listeners today how to trust you, how to turn to you, for all of their problems, how to rely and depend on you. That way, you can help them to straighten out their lives because on their own, they cannot do it, Lord. Give them the revelation that when they start to trust you, everything else will make sense. You are such a good God. You want us to prosper in every area of life as we have learned from these pages. In the book of Deuteronomy. So I am trusting, Father God, that this prayer is answered in the name of Jesus. That today we will see deliverance. Today people are being set free because the truth is piercing their hearts. Holy God, I lift up every listener on your throne today. You go before them in the form of your, your spirit. You guide and direct them today. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everyone says, Amen. And if you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, I want to speak to you. If you have idols, if you have other so-called gods in your life, if you do not know the true living God, the God of the heavens and the earth, the God of the Bible, I'm speaking to you right now. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh who became a man. He died on the cross for your personal sins. He wants a relationship with you. Do you believe that in your heart? Jesus Christ himself says he is the only way to the only true living God, the God of the Bible. Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead on the third day. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life? Do you believe that Jesus Christ was and is God? If you believe that, the Bible says that all you have to do is confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart and invite Jesus Christ into your life, and he will come in today by faith in the form of his spirit and change you. Your destiny will be changed permanently for the better. It will be the best decision you have ever made. Do you believe these things? If you do, it's simple. If you are driving and you need help asking Jesus Christ to come into your life, say this simple prayer after me. Or if you are at home, you can go on your knees Raise your hands towards the sky. That is a position of humility. And say this simple prayer. Dear God, forgive me for all of my sins, knowingly and unknowingly. I receive your forgiveness today. 
I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my personal sins. And you raised him from the dead on the third day. He is alive today. I believe this God. I ask you, Jesus Christ, to come into my life right now and change me. By faith today, I believe you have accepted me. I denounce all other ways to you. I declare by faith you have answered my prayer and I am a child of God. God, fill me right now with your Holy Spirit to strengthen me, to teach me and to guide me how to live daily as a Christian. By faith, I receive that feeling. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer genuinely, based on the infallible word of God, I declare you a child of God. You are a Christian. Welcome into God's kingdom. Please contact us and let us know that you have accepted to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We would like to hear from you and we would like to send you more resources to help you grow in your journey as a child of God. Welcome. And I pray for God to bless you today and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, I want to remind you to visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I.org. And check out our event page and sign up for one or all of our upcoming events. While there, remember to subscribe to Dr. Ruth's monthly Bible teaching e-newsletters so you can start receiving more life-changing teachings. If Dr. Ruth's teachings are a blessing to you, we would like to know that. So would you please send us an email and let us know? Here is our email address, info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. You can also find Dr. Ruth's simple and practical teachings on YouTube. Just search for Dr. Ruth Tanyi Ministries. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch Dr. Ruth's Bible teaching videos at your convenience 24-7. Remember to click the notification bell on YouTube after you subscribe. That way you will receive alerts when we upload more Bible teachings. I am Chris Horam, and may God's abundant blessings chase you today. In Jesus' name, amen.